Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jasprit Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the India Against England daily podcast. I am James Butler, the Cricket Badger, and it's a pleasure as always to welcome Anam Bika and Neil Varani to the podcast today. Two Indian fans today, and I'm going to try and stir them up a little bit. I'm going to see if I can push their buttons and make them defend their nation. Anyway, let's see if we can get into that. Let's start with you, Anand. First of all, though, about yesterday's game, because we had Neil on last night, so we know his views. Um, but how did you see yesterday? Uh, I just thought it was England firing, firing on all cylinders. I think England basically out-executed India across all the facets of each of the facets of the game. So I thought it was England doing very well and India not doing very well. There was a lot of talk about India being aggressive and coming out and, you know, really trying to put the wood down. And I think you saw some of the batsmen try to do that. Although Dhawan got off to a slow start. I mean, that was a more, you know, across the line to try and hit it to Kyle Connor when he got bowled. And Kohli as, as well, you know, trying to step out. So I think they were trying to be aggressive. England just did well. And I think it's really comes down again to India's team to execute you know if Kohli can play well uh, if Kohli can be aggressive can play well you know I think he's going to do fine and you know we know that all these guys are world-class batsmen so I'm actually okay with the result England is a fantastic team and they did great I think it's going to be a close one still I've seen a lot of English fans on Twitter last night saying oh 4-1 5-0 that's a rather a a little bit premature I think there will be a bounce back from India I I don't know if you saw Anand though the Michael Vaughan comments and you can take it with a pinch of salt because he gets a little bit he stirs the pot doesn't he I think a few times with 
his tweets. But he basically said yesterday that uh, Mumbai Indians would beat this current Indian side. It, got, it actually set me thinking. I kind of got away from the, the the nature of his tweet and basically thought, it's actually probably true. If you actually think about the IPL being the strongest league in the world, the fact that Mumbai Indians can pick the best of India and also fill the gaps with, you know, four, five, six in their squad of uh, overseas players as well uh, and get the very best too. Mumbai Indians would be hard to beat by anybody at the moment, wouldn't they? And I know that's your team, Anand. I still would think that the Indian team would beat Mumbai Indians, but the difference to me is that the Mumbai Indians teams, the roles are very well defined. We already know exactly how all of these, each of these players are going to play. It's almost like Sky, when he comes in at four, you know that he's going to attack. He's not the, you know, I'm going to consolidate and, you know, wait and see how it's going to go. Even if the wickets have gone, Sky pretty much starts to attack as soon as he gets in. So I feel that the Bomba Indians actually have a very good handle on the T20 strategies. Whereas with the Indian team, I think in the past, they've thought that hey, we got a decent batting attack. So why don't we kind of, uh, we got a de- decent bowling attack. So why don't we aim to get that 150, 160 mark and we're going to do well. But if you we look at the current squad, we are missing Bumrah. That makes a difference. And also some of the bowlers who are doing very well are not doing as great anymore. So Bhuvi, who was doing great, has been injured. He's coming back into the team now. He's lost a little bit of the pace, you know, takes a little bit to get back into the flow of things. So I think that we're just seeing some of those differences in there. And also, I think from bowling standpoint, you know, Akshar and Sundar are very similar sort of players. They're sort of economical spinners who sometimes can bowl at the very top as well. So there's not a wicket-taking option in there. Kuldeep, when he was really good, you know, really provided an emphasis to that attack where uh, you could be aggressive. You could actually look to take wickets. So I think this is just a different team. So when it comes down to the Mumbai Indians, the strategy is very well defined. Here, I think, you know, there needs to be some tweaking. They still need to figure out some of those roles. And these T20Is with England are great. You're playing the best T20 team, or at least what's in my view, the best T20 team right now. And India's fairly good. So, you know, you got to tweak your strategy, get a few players in and out and see how it goes. Neil, the difference between Mumbai Indians and Team India is that Mumbai Indians solely play T20. 20 as well so they you know as Anand was indicating there they function purely as a T20 team have the tactics of a T20 team and that is their mindset so and they play more cricket as well there is that to a certain extent but I think it's it's quite simple in the end um, Mumbai Indians have the Indian spine of the Indian team in Rohit Hardik and Bumrah and then you add Pollard to the mix, who is potentially the greatest T20 player of all time. Um, I think there's certainly an argument between him and Gale. You add Quinton de Kock, who's one of the best openers and certainly adds um, an impetus in the way that he plays that India under current selection don't have. Um, the picking of Darwin adds a little bit of that. But KL and Rohit are both players who start slow and then look to explode, although actually. KL tended not even to look to explode in the last IPL. And uh, Virat as well is quite a defensive player who values his wicket more than being ultra-aggressive. And you had Trent Bolt, left-arm swing bowler of the highest quality. The ability to add the best foreign players, it's going to make a franchise team have a higher ceiling than an international team, uh, in my view. We're never going to be able to test this theory because obviously Rohit Sharma would play for both teams and you can't do that. But if, if you were to tomorrow have Mumbai Indians at full strength against India at full strength, who would win? Mumbai, without a doubt. Absolute clarity and the addition of some of the world's best foreign players gives Mumbai an advantage that India just don't have 
before we even look at uh, the change in mindset that the Indian team is um, is trying to put into how they play T20. And if it was England against Mumbai Indians? I'd still go with Mumbai because I think there is um, a high reliance with England on Adil Rashid. If his shoulder goes again, then I don't think there's a spinner who can step up. Mason Crane's got potential, but it's still far away from that. England seems to have more of a tendency to implode 5% of the time. And Morgan's fine with that. He thinks that's a gamble worth taking to get the extra 10 or 15% of runs scored. But we have seen that that is the way they play. Um, I think Mumbai are about as good a T20 side as I've seen since the early Trinidad team. and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Thank you very much indeed to Black Rat Cricket for their support of these podcasts. And they've joined forces with the Badger. It's the Rat and the Badger giving you a fantastic opportunity to win a classic bat. That bat could be yours. It's between 2.09 to 2.11 pounds. Butterfly, willow, handmade, UK made. And it'll come to your door, knocked in and ready to go for the season ahead. If you want to win that cricket bat and score some runs with Black Rat Cricket this summer, we need you to do three things. You need to be following the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed. You need to be following at Black Rat Cricket on Twitter too. And then you need to email the answer of this question to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Which player scored a double century in the first test match of the current India versus England series? Which player scored a double century for England in the current India versus England test match series? Send that answer and your name and address to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Don't forget, you need to be following at cricket underscore badger and at black rat cricket on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. That bat could be yours. The draw will be made after the final one day game in this current India versus England series it's that badger style both Anand and Neil have said um, in various ways that Mumbai Indians are very strong. Maybe Anand not quite as strong as Neil thinks they are, but IPL is definitely the strongest domestic T20 league in the world and you get some huge names playing in that competition, rubbing shoulders with Indians of all ages. And you get the young Indians coming in and being blooded amongst the stars, basically, and learning from those stars. 1.6 billion people as well in India, most of which are cricket crazy. Obviously, there's many women in there, so they can't make the men's team. And there's people that are old and there's people that are too young. It still means that there's huge amounts of people that are therefore able or eligible for selection in, in that right catchment area, Anand. So is there any excuse that India don't have the world's best T20 side? I don't know that India are that far away from being the world's best T20 side. On the, on, from what I've just said there, they should never lose, should they? They should always win. Well, but then, then we wouldn't play sport, would we? <laughs> I mean, so that's a point of sport, right? So we have seen uh, New Zealand, which has a very small population, come out and win the last ODI World Cup. I mean, this happens all the time. So the point of playing sports is to have that diversity. And, you know, it comes down to what happens during the actual match day. So I think, you know, while the population certainly helps, India certainly, the facilities are getting better and better day by day. 
play you, and you're certainly starting to see some of the talent. I mean, at this point, if you look at the India squads, you could probably assemble a good 30, 40 odd folks in a squad and say, okay, we could come up with three decent squads right now. But to be the match winning, the best T20 side in the world, you have to get those nuances correct. You got to get the strategy correct. And I think England's done that very well. And so you saw that even yesterday with the England bowling attack, you have high pace, you got some mystery spin with Rashid, and then you got all these batsmen. And pretty much, I would say there was not a single batsman maybe Milan who sort of starts off slow and takes their time everybody is you know let's let's get going uh, as soon as they get there so i i think it really comes down to defining that out india right now is in that in the middle of that phase to try and figure out, you know, who does what where. When we think about the the squad right now, you're looking at a lot of batsmen who are very good batsmen, gun batsmen, but they all are sort of those, they like to play that anchor innings, which means you start a slow and then you start going off. And that's where you got to figure out how many anchors do you need? Do you need to put in somebody like a Surya Kumar Yadav in there? Uh, you know, what does Panth do? What does Pandya do? And, you know, kind of figure out who are your who are your batsmen who can go from the ball one and who well, are your batsmen who will be the anchors well, and well, the zone with the bowling. What you're effectively saying, Alan, is that India, I mean, obviously a, a young nation in comparison to India and Austra- uh, England and Australia in terms of length of time being a, a top nation in cricket. They're effectively growing up, aren't they? And trying to find out not just the identity of players inside their 11, but their identity as a nation, as a cricket nation. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, you know, we have, We've done well with the more traditional formats. We've obviously seen with Test cricket how Akshar's dropped in. Uh, you know, he's played a couple of tests and we've seen the impact he's had. So, you know, we've started to see some of that impact in there. With the T20 squad, I feel like, you know, there still needs to be some tweaking and figuring out what these players are and how they're going to be playing. I almost go back almost two, three years ago and I think India's T20 team was slightly better because the roles were very well defined. Whereas now there's still a little bit of flux. Obviously, the more matches you play, the more you can tweak that te- the strategy. I think uh, India will get there. Neil, I'm going to take you back to those population stats. 1.6 billion Indians in India. There are Millions and millions and millions around the world, just like you and Anand. You're sitting in, sitting in the UK, Anand sitting in the USA. You'd probably both give your right arms to play for the, the the international side. And there's many more of you around the world too. You compare that to, as Anand said, New Zealand, which is only really a few million people. England, which is 60 million people. The catchment area, the number of potential players coming through. There's no excuse for not having a fantastic world-beating side, really, is there? Uh, two words there, James. Ajax Amsterdam. I tell you what, Neil. For a second there, I thought it was going to be FA. Uh, if we were going to ask to have the best 10,000 players then yeah India would be miles ahead but whittling it down to the best 11 gives uh, teams with a smaller population to pick from uh, a very good chance if you can focus and train those at 11 and have the uh, the clarity and the vision of how you want them to play and dedicate that to just a small group of people then you can make those the best in the world. Otherwise, we wouldn't have professional sports in its variety. Um, in, I mean, you're, you're an accountant, Neil, aren't you, in your, in your day job? Yeah. In, in economics and what have you, you talk about economies of scale. You know, the bigger th- something gets, the kind of more efficient it is, really. In reality, in terms of a, an, an international cricket side, um, when you've only got 11 shirts, the economies of scale don't really work, do they? You actually need, you've, got, you've probably got to work harder if you're in India to marshal the various pathways from the various regions and all of those millions of people that would really love to play for India kind of shake all of that up to actually find the best 11 that's actually quite hard work yeah it's it's a different um, conundrum that the Indian selectors have compared to say the New Zealand selectors or another team that's completely outperformed um, expectations uh, Afghanistan selectors their problem is finding 11 players of the requisite quality who they then will look to 
to knit into a team. India's problem is that they've probably got about 50 players who are the requisite quality. They have to whittle them down to the 11. And it's not just about finding the 11 best players. Um, as we see with India's top three, best three players are probably Rohit's K.L. Raul and Virat. But do their, their qualities give the variety that is needed to get the best result? You could pick a weaker player and end up with a better mix um, for more situations. India have got a very different problem to um, to what other nations have. I think England, actually, in terms of the batting lineup, have a similar problem, um, which is a good one to have. They've got so many really good batsmen that what's been really impressive about Morgan and to uh, a smaller extent I think the uh, the selectors is how they've managed to blend those players pick the ones with the specific attributes they want at specific times so that overall the team is best blackratcricket.com handmade English willow bats they do have a cashmere range for bats 0 to 4. Starter kit all the way to pro level kits. They're based in Yorkshire. There is team wear available and there is a new signature range coming soon in February. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Let's try and pick a, a combined T20 11 from both countries at full strength. How many of the Indians, Anand, do you think could get into the England T20 lineup at the moment? So I think the one person who who I think walks in is not actually part of the squad right now. It's just Reed Bumrah. So yeah. I think he he definitely walks straight in. And then you start taking a look out there and saying, okay, who all gets in there? So the more I think about it, the more I think that, you know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe a couple more get in there. Uh, the English team is very strong and they pretty much have all bases covered. But KL Rahul, if he plays back to how he was playing in the 2018 IPL where he was making 600 runs a season and he was hitting at about 150, I think he might have a chance to get in there. And certainly maybe somebody like a Hardik Pandya who can just absolutely hit out. So when we look at maybe a Sam Curran role versus Hardik Pandya, Hardik Pandya is just a much more dynamic hitter. So maybe, you know, there's a couple of folks who might be able to get in. But, you know, in England basically has a lot of those different roles covered. Neil? Bumrah, definitely. If you had 2018 KL Raul, then he would get in ahead of Jason Roy. But 2018 KL Raul has now become a much more conservative player. So doesn't offer that uh, that same explosive quality. One of England's problems actually wouldn't be a problem in the, um, in the combined team. I, I think England's main issue at the moment is a finisher. Um, which I think Joss Butler is ideally suited to, but um, he wants to play at the top. Hardik Pandya would get in um, there, I think. Um, I think Pants would have a chance ahead of Stokes, who is, we know he's a world-class player, but he hasn't really produced that in T20s previously. And I think Coley gets in ahead of Milan as a better anchor. But I, th- I think generally, you'd, uh, you'd definitely think England uh, would have more players, probably sort of seven players to four, or at the very least six to five. If we were going to go back to that initial question then about Mumbai Indians being the best team in the world, potentially, if we had a combined India-England team, the very best of the, the two best sides in the world at the moment in terms of international cricket, would they have too much from Mumbai? That's a, that's a really interesting question, because I think if you combined 
India and England, then either team has the solution to the problems that the other is currently trying to fix. England have got a very good battery of uh, of pacemen in um, in T20. England have got that explosive type player, which India don't really have at the top of the order. But India have got better finishers at the moment, which is something that I know that Owen Morgan's looking at as well. Combine the two and you can probably make a team that um, would beat Mumbai Indians most times because they would uh, they would cancel uh, cancel the problems that each individual team has. It, it would be quite some team, Alan, wouldn't it? India and, and England combined at the moment. I think it would be pretty unbeatable. Uh, England does have very explosive players. And when if you have the Indian players playing according to ability with the right strategy, I think very unbeatable team. Uh, I don't know. There would be very few teams who can do that. Maybe somebody like the West Indies, which is just full of six hitters. Maybe they have a chance, but we don't really... I don't know that any team would would really uh, be favoured against the combined England and India team. My final question today, pushing your buttons as two Indian fans, uh, Virat Kohli's captaincy. I kind of got persuaded, I guess, in the end after the test matches that maybe Virat Kohli is currently the best man to lead the five-day team, mainly because there aren't too many potential ousters of him. And I think over five days, as Raj said um, on one of the early podcasts, was that, you know, over five days, if he does anything a little bit wrong, he's got the men around him, he's got his own mind, he can kind of um, recoup and, and come back into the match. In a T20, I think Virat Kohli... Is lacking. I've watched him a lot for RCB. RCB have always punched below their weight. I watched him yesterday and field placings, I'm, I'm always the same with Vera. I think he's reactive rather than proactive, but I think his body language, the way he is as a person, it rubs off on his teammates. When England's obviously only chasing 125, it was a tough, tough task for India. But Vera Kohli looked down and out from two overs in. His body language was very sober, very passive, very unlike the Virat Kohli you see for RCB when he's basically blood guts and blood vessels pumping out of his neck and fist pumping. And every little moment is a massive thing for Virat Kohli. Yesterday, he looked really, really passive. And I think that rubbed off on the rest of the Indian team. There was no, come on, lads, we can, you know, this is a tough chance, but we can still do this. I think Virat Kohli's body language rubbed off negatively on the rest of that Indian side. Anand, would you think that, I mean, Rohit, you're a Mumbai Indians fan, I'm a Mumbai Indians fan. Rohit Sharma's led them to five IPL titles. He's far more calm, reassured in T20 cricket, where you need to be, you have to have an even keel because you have to react very quickly to everything that's going because the match can pass you by very quickly. Do you think there's a scope for Virat Kohli to maybe step down as the T20 captain and, and concentrate on other stuff? So... I think Virat gets a lot of flack for his captaincy. And part of that comes down to, as you mentioned, the RCB results. However, I think one of the issues with that comparison is when you look at RCB squad versus Rohit's Mumbai Indian squad, it's not close. Mumbai Indians have done a fabulous job of having just a better team. A lot of time, Virat is either trying to figure out, hey, I got a weak bowling attack, or he's trying to figure out, hey, I got a weak... Uh, I got." weak batting and I got to figure out what I'm going to do around there. So it's not a fair comparison uh, between Rohit and Virat in, in IPL just because of the built up of their squads. Now, is Rohit a fantastic captain? Absolutely. But I think Virat 
has changed over the years. Now, he's been the captain across all three formats for uh, quite a few years now, and I think he has changed. I am not a huge believer in body language, but really, if there's one person who can G people up, it's Vera. But he wasn't doing that yesterday, though. And I, I, I know the game is pretty much gone, but I still want to see my captain trying to make the other team battle and make the other team work. So that's that's where, and, you know, I, I may not have noticed that a lot, but Virat's usually the guy when you can hear him even in Hindi or English, you can hear him shouting across the stump cam and uh, stump mic, that is. Uh, and I, I certainly didn't hear that yesterday, but, you know, I think he's that guy who's always ready for that fight. So whether that happened or not yesterday, I may not have noticed, but I still think that, you know, he's got a lot to offer in there. He has certainly changed the makeup of how the team is going in there. And as far as strategy is concerned, these are things that the analysts can handle. So I think Virat's doing a fine job right now. If anything happens do we already have somebody who can step in yes i think rohit would do a fabulous job as well you are listening to the cricket badger podcast neil um i i did think yesterday i mean you you compare the best captains and obviously different ingredients make a different a, a better captain and obviously it depends on the team they have and there's all sorts of different factors that make up a really good captain but you look at some of the very best ones that have come down the years owen morgan at the moment with England you could look at Owen Morgan in the field after 10 overs and you wouldn't know if his team was winning or losing um, because he's very even keel very on top of stuff whereas I felt yesterday Virat Kohli let it slip yeah that's true and um, certainly if you look at the uh, probably the best white ball captains of the last 10-15 years you're looking at Morgan you're looking at Dhoni looking at Darren Sammy and they are people who have a very strong poker face and you can't really tell what's going on now at one point that's really good because it means they've got a clear mind they're not going to make any rash decisions and they're, they're always in control but what Virat has had in the past not yesterday but um, certainly in other games is the ability to um, get the team um, hyped up and uh, start believing rather than by the way that he acts rather than just an innate confidence that he knows what he's doing and that they all believe that as well. I, d- I just felt yesterday, Neil, that you know, if you're an England player, you're looking at, I mean, we've all played cricket to various levels and you look to your captain, don't you? To, you look to see what he's doing, what he's, you know, if he's going to be moving you in the field or just what he's doing. And if you're an England player, you look at Owen Morgan and he looks the same all the time. So you're kind of reassured by that, I would imagine. You look at Virat Kohli yesterday, he seemed just to transmit the message to me, to the rest of his team, that we can't win this. Because usually you'd, you'd look at him in, on, in, as a fielder in T20 and he'd be pumping his fists and he'd be rallying his troops and he'd be really up and at him. Yesterday he wasn't. Yeah. And I think we can definitely criticise him for that because I think that that does keep the rest of the team going and does provide that uh, extra belief, which, as we know, if the game comes down to a matter of um, a team uh, teammate believing in themselves and making those couple of extra inches to take a catch, that can be everything. So it's definitely something to watch if it's just a temporary blip, which we have to allow people to have, or if it's an ongoing thing. Um, I do think the comparisons to Rohit are to some extent unfair, because as Anand said, Rohit is um, captaining a team on the back of an extremely logical, extremely sensible Mumbai Indian setup. He knows that when he gets there at the end of March, then it's going to be a squad which has been balanced correctly Players are being bought for their cricketing worth rather than uh, how well they're going to advertise whatever alcohol is being sold by the owners at the moment. And it's going to be in a good place for him to to captain. Virat's going into a team which is uh, generally very lopsided, partly his own fault because him and AB get paid so much. But it's 
never um, been well formed by by the owners, and it puts him at a disadvantage in a comparison to Rohit uh, that way. But when he goes into India, he should have everything at his disposal, everything how he wants it, shouldn't he? Uh, absolutely, and um, he does he does suffer in comparison to Morgan because at the moment with the T Twenty side, we're looking at where England were with their ODI side in 2016, and Morgan had absolute clarity of vision. As I remember a lot of criticism for that first series against New Zealand where England got bowled out for, I think, about 310, but in the 42nd over. Um, and he said, I don't care. That's how I want the team to play. If they missed out on those eight overs because they've had the correct mindset, then long-term, that's better. He had that clarity. And I don't think Virat or the India setup have had previously. Whether they continue with this new style of playing and are prepared to see it through and make whatever changes are necessary to make that success is yet to be seen because, as we know, boards can be fickle um, and a few poor results may lead to a reversion to type. Um, but that's what I'll be looking for over the series. I prefer to judge them over the uh, the full five games Um I don't want to make a knee-jerk based on yesterday's, even though it was disappointing. Can I chime in with one additional stat? Because, you know, we have certainly gone on about how India needs to change their approach a little. However, over the last five years, India has played 70 matches, 144, lost 21. India is one of the more successful teams over the last five years, and actually even since T20, I started. So when Virat gets a lot of, you know, flack about what happened at RCB, India's generally done well at T20Is. And when we compare the figures between, you know, just the top nations, so Afghanistan's done very well, but, you know, they, they certainly play a lot of different, uh, I guess, a lot of weaker teams as well. But we look at Pakistan has played 61 matches, 140 lost 19. They have the best winning loss percentage. India is right behind them with 70 matches, 44 wins, 21 losses. England is number three with 46 matches, 27 wins and 17 losses. So India pretty much has a win-loss ratio more than two. So I know it looks... Especially in, in you know, when we consider yesterday's performance and what India is trying to do as far as strategy is concerned, it looks like India is not doing well. But historically, in T20Is, India is very strong. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's game. I, I've tipped India to bounce back, gentlemen, in the, the second T20 international. Um, very quickly, almost a one-word answer, Neil. Do you think they will? I can't make a one-word answer. You, you can't if you had two sentences explaining at the start <laughs> of it why it's not going to be a one-word answer, can you? Okay, not with the same bowling lineup because that was the major um, point of difference, yes. Today. Our bowling lineup was nowhere near the class of England's probably almost first choice bowling lineup. Anand? Yes, I think India will make it close. India will make it close. Thank you to Neil and Anand, as always, for joining me. We will return to that Virat Kohli topic. I agree with Neil. It's too early to just judge him on that one game. Um, we'll judge him at the end of the five games and we'll talk to Neil and Anand about Virat Kohli again after the series is finished in the T20 Internationals to see where their opinion on Virat Kohli as captain sits then. Second game. On Sunday, we'll be back straight after that with our reactions to the um, winners and losers in that second T20 International. I've been James, the Cricket Badger, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Podcast Network.
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.